actions are followed. So we're just so thankful that God has given us instruction and continues to do so. In Proverbs 4, verse 20, I try to start out with this uh, scripture in every healing school. And it gives you your prescription for health. Many people have received from this truth. You have to believe it first in your heart and then obey it. And God will always, always perform on his word. Proverbs 4 verse 20 says, My son, attend to my word. Not anybody else's word. Attend to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. It's worth it. You know why? Because it brings life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. So your, your body is actually healed when you listen and meditate on the word of God. Don't ever forget that. I think it, it makes good sense to pursue uh, healing through the word of God because that way you'll always receive your healing. You can always receive your healing also through the anointing when you come to a, a healing meeting like this. This is why we spend so much time worshiping and praising God. We want people to receive the full benefit of the presence of God. And once God knows he's welcome, he just comes in and does whatever we ask him to do. Amen. So always keep your faith out there for great things in God. Always keep your expectors out. Amen. Expect great things from God and great things will show up and great things will happen to you. Not to anybody else, but to you. Just stay focused on what God's telling you and God will be able to remove all sickness. He'll remove all symptoms. He'll establish your healing and, and uh, allow you to walk in divine health. That's his prescription for us to walk in divine health. So if you turn now to Luke chapter 17, we'll go into our, our uh, teaching. I want to teach you uh, on with some instructions that Jesus gave to some lepers, and those are go show. Amen. Go show. That's one way to receive your healing is to go and show amen what are we where are we going and what we showing amen it's always a good question so we look here in uh luke 17 starting in verse 12 11 said it came to pass as he went to jerusalem that he passed through the midst of samaria and galilee Samaria, the, uh, Samaria really was one of the capitals of Israel at, at one time. The southern kingdom, the capital was Samaria. But over the years, of course, their devotion to God waned away and uh, watered down. There was always a competition between the Jew and the Samaritan as to which one really was worshiping God the right way. Controversy there. But the Samaritans also were more distant from God from the uh, than the rest of the Jewish population because the uh, the temple was in Jerusalem, and so the ones who lived in Jerusalem had a little more access uh, to temple life, etc., etc. He says, as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Now that was a rule for those who were um, diagnosed with leprosy. They were considered to be unclean and they were not allowed to mix in with the rest of society. And why is that? Amen. They weren't just being mean to them. Well, there's always a real reason why God does things. Leprosy at certain stages is very highly contagious. Huh? You look in the Bible, you look at some of the instructions God gave his people for how to handle if somebody had a, a running discharge from their body or something like that. He would teach them what what we in the, now I was a nurse, uh, and I was acquitted of all charges, okay? So. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, um, we were taught sanitation principles. And if you ever worked in surgery, 
you would swear everybody in there is OC, OCD or whatever that stuff is. And, and even now there's certain things that I, I won't do. Like if, if I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking and a lid falls on the, the floor, I won't let anybody pick it up. You know, you ask anybody who's with me and says, stop! Don't get those germs on there. Don't put it back on top of what the clean stuff. Keep the clean from the unclean. And it just pops back on you. You know what I'm saying? Because you're so trained to that. But if you look at a lot of the regulations for the priesthood, the priest was also, guess what? The physician. Your priest was your doctor. And all y'all that come up to the do- to the altar for prayer say, "Play me cheap." I got a higher job now. I ain't a nurse. I'm a I'm a priestess, <laughs> and I work for the great physician. Amen. But the priest was also your physician. So if you broke fellowship with God and His people, you were just out there and you were sick. And usually that's what happened to people when they had leprosy. Leprosy, uh, if you talk to people who work a lot in deliverance and, and getting to the root of problems in people's lives and so forth and so on, the spirit of rebellion follows certain diseases and leprosy is one of them. It's like you want to be cut off from, from God's people? Help yourself. Have a little leprosy and that will guarantee it. Come on, y'all. Now get with me here. Healing was for obedient people. It just went for people to come in and get what they want, run out. No, that's for obedient people. Divine health, it says, if you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, do what's right in his sight. That's obedience. So you get the blessing of walking in divine health. Amen. It's not just for casual drop in, drop out people. Now, God's a merciful God. I'm not saying he won't heal you when your faith is extended. But we're talking about a covenant of divine health where you can walk in authority over all sickness, all disease, all everything. Amen. You won't have to run marathons to raise money for research. You got 66 books of research right there in front of you. You understand me? You can dive into that anytime you want to and come out with what you need. So lepers were considered to be unclean. When people would come around them, they would have to yell, unclean. In other words, stay away from me because if you touch me, you might get something. People are germaphobes nowadays. You got me? Everybody's scared of something. You got me? Scared of a common cold. Scared of a sneeze. Huh? Well, you have authority over all that. The Bible says nothing shall by any means harm you. I don't care who's sneezing and coughing on you. Quit shunning people for no reason and use your immunity. Amen. Now, that's no excuse for everybody to be ill-mannered, but come on now. It's only so much. You scared of no germs? Huh? How many of y'all think you, you when you go to the restaurant, your, your food is germ-free? You don't know what them crazy people do back there in that kitchen. Huh? And if you go on Facebook and Twitter, somebody got a, a video of somebody hawking in some food and then giving it to people. People is nutty, they nasty, they're mean, and they full of devils, many of them. And see, we get that little bag through the drive through and dive right in. You better stop and sanctify that food. Huh? <laughs> I learned that when I was a little girl. Huh? Chuck. You knew when we would have food, you only had one of each. 
You know, we didn't have abundance of food like we have now. If you had pork chops, you had everybody had one. You had one pork chop a piece. You didn't have no seconds. And if that pork chop hit the floor, what did you say? God bless the dirt. <laughs> Tell me y'all scared of no germs. Got sanitizer on. 15 bottles of sanitizer lined up on your desk. And just grow up. Come on now. You know, if the Christian's scared, what's the rest of the world going to do? <laughs> Whew. Now, I got to go back to my scripture. Here go. So there Jesus was. So the actually, if you were declared uh, having leprosy by the priest, you had to be examined a couple, couple every seven days. And if it looked like that infection was getting worse, they said you were unclean. You had to move out of your house. You had to go live by yourself. You had to fend for yourself. Oh, God, sure was mean. Really? All you had to do was straighten up. I'm sick. I can't do this. I can't do that. I know you can straighten up. That don't take much effort at all. Huh? And if you straightened up your life and you start seeing your skin come back looking normal, which God did many, many times, what did you do? You go show. You go show yourself to the priest. Take the proper offering. And if that held, you were declared healed by that priest. Amen. So to go show really means to have your healing established. To have your healing confirmed. You were not allowed to mingle in a society. You say to yourself, oh, that stuff is gone. I'm going to go move back in with my, you didn't do that. Huh? You had to do it the proper way. You had to be pronounced clean and cleansed by the, the by the priest. Amen. And so when Jesus, these men stopped Jesus and they asked him to have mercy on them. And Jesus heals them anyway. Mercy always overrides the law. Mercy perfects the law. Mercy causes the law to be easily received by people. You notice Jesus never, the people that Jesus healed were asking in faith. And faith always opened the door for the grace for what they needed to receive. You got me? So faith overrides legalism or having to obey the law. These people would say, well, how could these guys just ask for a healing from Jesus and not come up to the standards of the priest? You don't know what condition the priesthood was in. You ever get in some of these religious groups of people and you start telling them some of the things that God told you he's going to do for you or, oh, well, he don't do that for people. How long you been saved? Well, who's your covering? What church, what denomination you belong to? God don't just heal everybody. I don't know how you just walk around and say you heal. You, you heal. Well, how come you walking like that? How come you looking like that if you healed? Huh? See, religion does more to steal from us religious people always want to get in your spiritual business keep your spiritual business between you and God when people start adding things on to you only believing 
they're taking you down the road of religion huh you know you can be doing good believing god in the word now all of a sudden somebody will say well if if, you know what i did i tried these herbs and i'll let you try them too you got 25 dollars 39 dollars 49 dollars 59 dollars get a month supply well see they're expensive i know they're expensive yeah because you got to have your cut on top of the jack leg pharmacy y'all getting them out of in mexico huh there's more drugs coming up here in caravans some of them same pills y'all people selling to you huh but religion will always divert you from the simplicity of the word of god because if your mind has been in religion even a little bit when you hear a simple instruction like uh, meditate on the word and it brings healing to your body you say huh is that all it takes that's the first thing your carnal mind will try to wrestle you with over is how little it takes all you got to do is pay attention huh get out of yourself get out of your feelings get out of woe is me poor me you don't know what it took for me to get to this meeting. Now you gonna make me sit here and listen to you run your mouth? Huh? Seriously. And, and right there we locate our problem. We don't pay enough attention to the word. You mean to tell me you stay in your job Monday through Friday? And when the weekend comes, you can't sit still for two hours and listen to the word of God. Huh? You ready to go do something else? What we doing next? Just park your little self right there for a minute and let God minister some truth to you. Huh? What you let go in you on the weekends can last you a lifetime. It will definitely last you through the week. Huh? All them crazy people at your job. Huh? It was funny. Uh, we had our, our uh, God gave us a prophecy and challenged us to praise him more. He said if we praised him more, he would do more. And Miss Juana said that when she was at her job, she had been listening to the the uh, tape of the prophecy on the way to work. And so uh, in the prophecy, God had me go through some examples. You know, I, and he said, you know, when the people at your job come up to you and start saying crazy stuff, you get up and say, can you excuse me for a minute while I praise God? So Miss Juana did it at work. <laughs> Can you excuse me for a minute? She got written up for calling everybody, giving everybody the flu on the job. And when her supervisor looked at it, she said, is this right? She said, you said, hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. You'll make the devil praise him. You understand what I'm saying? You'll make him do it. <laughs> I don't think they wrote her up. They tore it up. It's not going on her record, but you know what I'm saying. But, but you need to do that sometime. In these crazy workplaces where they want to put you in a corner, make you feel uncomfortable, see if they can run you out of there. Huh? Don't you dare leave that job and let a sinner sit up there in your chair and get your paycheck. You let them run you out of there. Amen. Amen. Somebody going to need God before the day's out. Amen. They'll be looking for you then. But the leper, if he repented and got obedient to God, God would take that leprosy away from him. Now, we know leprosy is contagious because of the story of Gehazi. Remember, uh, 
Eli, it was Elijah was his or Elisha. Elisha was his, his boss and, uh, Naaman, the Syrian had leprosy and God healed him. He went and dipped in the Jordan seven times. Y'all know the story. When he came out, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, ran and told, now Elisha had told Gehazi, Gehazi said, well, man of God, I want to give you this, give you that, give you the other. He said, no, thank you. Made him take his stuff back. Gehazi, now this shows you, some people got a lot more learning to do than they realize. Huh? Because the man of God knew to turn it down, and he probably knew why. Gehazi didn't know enough to know why. So he figured Elisha was stupid. So when when Elisha's back was turned, Gehazi caught up with Naaman and said, Hey, the man of God changed his mind. Give me that stuff. So they loaded Gehazi up with stuff. So when he got back to Elisha, Elisha said, Where you been? He said, Oh, here and there yada yada Elisha said didn't my heart go with you didn't my spirit go with you wherever you went he said huh (laughs) I didn't know that was possible see obedience is better than sacrifice sometimes it just pays to be obedient even though you don't understand why huh the reason why comes later and God's dealing with us. He wants to see you obey first and then later he tell you why. If he told you why first, you stand there and give him a stiff argument. Because most people do. Well, see, God, that ain't me. See, God, I'm different, God. See, see, no, uh-uh, you're the same. That's why I don't tell people nothing. Uh-huh. And then... Pretty soon, right after that, the leprosy that was on Naaman got on Gehazi. He was a leper for the rest of his life. You got me? Hello. Now you can say the clothes carried germs, and that's very true. That's very true. Or you can say it was God's uh, punishment to him for his disobedience because he's called to a high office. If you're called to minister over God's people, first thing you got to be is trustworthy. That's right. Huh? Trustworthy over spiritual things, trustworthy over material things, trustworthy over everything. Amen? And so Gehazi learned his lesson the hard way. But leprosy is very highly contagious that's why the priest had control over which people were in the community and which people were out they always had that control over the congregation of the righteous and so jesus when he entered in verse 12 a certain village there met him 10 men that were lepers which stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and said jesus master have mercy on us And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, fell on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed, but where the nine? There are not found any that return to give God glory except this stranger. So he told him, arise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Amen. Giving God thanks in certain situations is extremely important. You notice the nine got healed, ran off with their healing. They were following Jesus' instructions. You can't say they were disobedient. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. This man, when he saw the connection between what Jesus had told them and what happened to him, he said, this is a higher priest. See, he has the word of healing for me now. If I go... 
I've got to show that man that I'm healed and get his permission to get back into society. Jesus gave him permission and he probably never even made it to the priest. Or if he did, it was just a formality. You got me? It wasn't to get his healing confirmed or established. So this gives you a glimpse into why certain kinds of people get healed and why certain don't. Now they all got healed. But when you can take your healing by faith, and that's what this Samaritan did. Jesus went back to him. He went back to Jesus and thanked him. And Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. When you get faith for wholeness inside of you and you get it established, you've got something that will take you to the next challenge and the next challenge and the next challenge and the next challenge. So the, the, the nine that went to the priest knew they were healed. But when you stop to give God thanks, you get revelation, you get power. You get immunity from disease. You get wholeness. You get soundness. You get so much more in the giving of thanks before God than you get when you just go the legal route. Go show yourself to the priest. So what do they get from the priest? Well, they got the uh, the isolation thing removed from the house. You know what I'm saying? Contaminated. Unclean. They got that stain removed from their reputation. They were able to go back home to their families. They were able to enjoy family life. But were they whole? But were they whole? They were healed, but not whole. Because Jesus having a higher priesthood than the Levitical priests is able to make us every whit whole. Amen? When your faith starts working for you like that, you can get whole and healed from everything that will ever come into your life to try to rob your life, to rob your family's life, to rob anybody's life you have anything to do with. When you're made whole by your faith and Jesus establishes it's your faith that did that. huh? See, when you come back to give God thanks, when you stop, to honor the one who prayed for you, who helped you. There is a wholeness that will come into you from your faith that, that is not like what you got if you just got a pass from the, the priesthood. Amen? So many people want to be made whole. They want to go show themselves. Be made whole first. Amen? Let your faith make you whole. And go show. Amen. Make sure your faith has wholeness in it. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, you know, uh, people will bug you. The doctor will bug you. And the people, you know, it's all kind of things bugging you. And you get sick of people bugging you. And then your mind will tell you, you know, I'll be glad when I get healed so I can show these people. Well, that's not why God's going to heal you. You go and show whether you're healed or not. Because you're going in faith. Your faith is making you whole every time you step out to do what normal people do. Amen. Whether you have a, uh, whether you're on a crutch, a cane, a walker, whatever you are, you keep going and showing. What are you showing? You're showing you trust God. You're showing you're not going to let these ailments stop you. You're showing that you have faith in God. You're showing that no matter what it looks like, you're still believing God for everything that you need. So our go show is different than the lepers go show. They were going showing so that the priest could tell them they were healed. You're going showing that you are healed already. Amen. This ain't stopping you. Are you kidding me? This light affliction is not stopping you. Huh? I got into that trap. You know, God busted me with blood pressure. You know? (laughs) Everybody get busted with something. 
so i'm going to this doctor and she she about this big and she said well you know you should lose a little weight and so i'm well you know i'm gonna lose a little weight but (laughs) i'm gonna show her i can do this huh Every healing school for the last 25 years, what do I say? I'm working on it, right? (laughs) Working on it. But I bought into a lie. That's how I got there. You got me? I got to faith my way out of it. But see, all my Christian life, I've stood on the fact that I'm redeemed from the curse of sickness. See, this is, this is how slick the devil is. But see, over the years, I put on, well, you know. <laughs> now I didn't lost at least 200 pounds, but I put 205 back on. You understand? So I'm always extra five pounds to the good. But I got in a trap of, you know, like cutting back, cutting down, cutting real bad to go see her. And every time I go in there, she said, oh, looks like you lost a little bit today. I said, well, I can't please this queen. So I'm going to have to get off of this treadmill like a little gerbil, just running on a little treadmill, getting nowhere. I said, I'm going to have to get off the treadmill. Huh? And get back in my word with God. Huh? How is it that you can believe that you're redeemed from the curse of sickness until you get in a category? Huh? Categories will kill you. Huh? So, so my conviction now is I'm redeemed fat or skinny. You understand what I'm saying? The Bible says none of the diseases. Well, you know, if you're overweight, you're prone to, no, I'm not in the name of Jesus. Now, I would love to be the thin slip of a girl that I was, oh, did you see my photo shoot in my... When I was 19 years old. Huh? <laughs> I mean, I'd love to be there again. You understand what I'm saying? But it's only so much time I can devote to focusing on that. You got me? This might take a whole lot of work and a whole lot of turning over in my mind to get me there soon enough to please the doctor. You got me? But I can please God with my faith. And that's not an excuse for eating too much. Because I really don't need an excuse. I just, boom. Huh? Show me that chicken, honey. And I'll show you a good time. Huh? You know, I'm not just doing it to be disobedient. But I found out my mother knew what she was talking about. You know, we look at my mother saying, Mama, you fat. And she said, baby, just keep living. And baby kept living. Huh? But see, now I got to go back again to first principles and renew my mind huh to the fact that i'm redeemed from the curse of obesity high blood pressure whatever you know they want to hang a lot of stuff on you with this crazy stuff you know they didn't find it used to be when i was (laughs) nursing that was quite a while ago me and miss nightingale we started that whole thing you know but anyway I see them stringing up IVs and do. I say, you can do that now. You can really. <laughs> you know, it's been so long. But uh, 
you know, it's, it's amazing what they, what they can do. Now, back in the day, when I was a nurse, you either went by blood sugar or you dipped the stick in the urine to see if they were spilling sugar or something like that. Now they got a whole new bunch of alphabets to tell you you're getting ready to die. Huh? Now they done found some scientists with nothing to do between popping pills and taking dope stumbled on A1C. Y'all heard of that, little devil? So now they want to hang that on you. They said, he said, your A1C is borderline. I said, well, I ain't crossing the border. I'm an American citizen. Living in America. Living in America. Do I look like I'm going south of the border to you? I ain't going. Huh? So I told him, no, hold the show. You stop right there. The girl ain't going down there. We ain't going. We ain't diabetic and ain't planning to be. You just take care of this little blood pressure you got going on and we'll, we'll be friends. But it's getting better. Amen. It's getting better. It's getting better. And I am redeemed from the curse of any kind of sickness attached to being overweight amen and i want to know in whose book am i overweight is that your book only or you want to let me have some decisions there amen yeah i can't wear them clothes i wore 15 years ago but that doesn't mean anything thank you uh but you got don't let the devil hang this stuff on you. Life is hard enough without us picking up diseases. Huh? Everybody gains weight when you get over 40. My mother told me that and it's true. It ain't a bad confession, it's just the truth. Huh? Women and men. men try to act like it's always us used to wear they used to wear belt around their waist now you don't even know where it is that fine line is true let me get back to my word. How? Don't let the devil hang a label on you. You're redeemed no matter what. First thing he'll say, look how fat you are. Look what you eat. And I said, guess what, devil? If you keep sitting there, I'm going to eat again. <laughs> you can watch me eat at least five times a day. But don't buy into that. Don't let your faith in your divine health slip. Amen. Jesus died for people that have problems. You understand what I'm saying? You're still accepted in the beloved. Amen. I don't care how many pounds you got. You're still accepted in the beloved of God. That's one place the devil can't get to. Don't let him steal that from you. So Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. Go show. We do a lot of going and showing. But as believers, we are to show that we are healed no matter how we feel, no matter what, what we think. And don't wait for a manifestation. That's not who you are. You ain't waiting for nothing. Huh? You are healed now you're healed now you're healed now by the power of the blood of jesus huh your faith is your manifestation your faith is substance in its evidence amen you know what evidence is it's something you hope they don't find if you get charged with something Let's bring it down to where we can all relate. 
Try to get everybody relate right here. Huh? Because it won't go away. Listen, evidence does not go away. There have been people, people have been either convicted or set free based on evidence that was collected before they even had a DNA test to test. That evidence waited on them until somebody invented a test so that they could tell if that person was involved in that or not involved in it. So your faith is your evidence. The Bible says it is. It's the evidence of things you haven't seen yet. And it's substance, which means it won't go away. Huh? Your faith is is a permanent part of your life. It's part of your spirit. That's what keeps people, you know, people that, well, I'm if, if I don't get it, God, if he don't give me something, if you don't do this for me right now, God, I'm just going to quit. Quit and do what? Go serve the devil? Ain't nothing else to do. Huh? And then, you know, I don't care how long it takes you. If it's a week, two months, two minutes, you go right. Well, Lord, I just, you know, I was upset. And, ah. What brought you back? Your faith is evidence that they can, it can never be erased. Amen. Your faith is evidence, folks. And that's all you need to know that you're healed. That's all you need. Jesus said your faith has made you whole. In other words, your faith has started out as a mustard seed. As those lepers got closer and closer to the city where Jesus was, it began to grow into their healing, their wholeness. And by the time they got there and, and hollered out to Jesus, that that faith was big enough to make them whole in every respect. So your faith has made you whole. Lepers, when they were healed, their skin got normal. But if leprosy got real bad on you, it started to eat away different parts of your body now if you got healed that meant the priest said you don't have symptoms anymore but if you got whole and the leprosy had taken your fingers off your nose off your toes off you could expect them bad boys to show back up again see getting Jesus' approval study to show yourself approved unto God Getting Jesus' approval on your faith is everything. It's everything. Because once he approves of your faith, that faith will make you whole, sound, entire, nothing missing, nothing lacking in your life. It'll move mountains. It'll bring mountains back. It'll do everything that needs to be done in your life. So I'd rather have Jesus' approval on my faith. Go show. But you were on your going and showing with the rest of the guys. They look and they see they're healed. And this guy relates it to somebody that did something for him. Because see, the priest, you can't find him. Huh? He kind of like my little doctor. A little bit. You lost a little bit. You know, go away. Fat girl. Uh, I get the hint. Huh? <laughs> you know, you go in there to the doctor, they see you, they, you think you're an individual, but they put you in a statistical. Huh? Oh, your people do tend to have this. What people are you talking about, baby? I'm a Christian. I'm here. I'm under the blood. Huh? Thinking about her. Just give me a pill to get rid of this headache I have real bad. We, I'll be on my way. Thinking about you. All your other stuff. I'm not a statistic. I'm a child of God. Amen. 
So these men were not waiting for a manifestation. They were going and showing. Jesus said, go show. They believed what he told them. As you believe, then so is your, so are your results. So he said, go show yourself to the priest. They said, oh, we must be healed. That's what we go into the priest. That's the only reason you would go. You got me? So as they went, they looked and saw. Do you realize that the minute you start to believe God for your healing, you start to get better? If your faith, your faith is not sitting there waiting for your symptoms to go away for you to know you're healed. The minute you put the word on the inside of you and you begin to believe it. Amen. That those symptoms start. I don't care what it is. Illness begins to leave you. You don't need any natural evidence to know your illness is leaving. Your faith is telling you that. Huh? Your faith tells you everything. When, when you, when you first begin to believe, you are healed. You got me? Keep talking like you're healed. Keep going out there and showing that you're healed. Keep allowing God to put you in situations where people say, well, how you doing? You know what that means. Huh? Like that, who is that ugly lady, Tyler Perry, Medea? How you doing? You want to grab him and choke him. Because you know it's the devil and you know what he's up to. He's fishing. Huh? Keep fishing in my life. You're going to come up with a whale. You understand what I'm saying? I don't have to answer you. You answer to somebody. They can't heal you. Can't pray for you. Don't have a heaven to put you in a hell to send you to. Who are you answering the people for? Huh? They, you, you still praying? You still praying? Yes! Still praying for your crazy self too. I'm sure your name is on my list somewhere. Faith don't quit. I don't know where people get these questions from. Well, see, I prayed. I know somebody who prayed. Mm -mm, You don't know me. Huh? You'll know my God either, Satan. So you are not looking for a manifestation, nor are you waiting for a manifestation. These lepers weren't either. They were focused on going to show, and in the meantime, they looked down, and the leprosy's gone. Which proves the minute you believe, you're healed. I don't care if you don't see it. I don't care if you don't feel it. I don't care if nothing changes. You're healed anyway. Amen? See, that's the test. The Bible says Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him as righteousness. So his faith had to to pass several tests. Why don't you turn to Romans chapter 4. And if we have the same faith that he had, we've got to pass the same test that that he did. Amen. In Romans 4, I think it's 17. Why don't, why don't we go here to um, 13 for the promise that he should be made heir of the world. That's a big promise. What God's saying is is that everything you look at is yours. The whole world is yours. Huh? That's beyond imagination. That would have to go into the realm of supernatural faith in order for God to even say it to somebody. You can't imagine having owning the whole world. 
but God would give it to his people because he's the possessor of heaven and earth. You got me? And we are his heirs. That's why he tells you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said that you're not restricted by any barriers, any borders, customs, anything like that. You're not restricted. You just go where I tell you to go and preach the gospel. That's how he can say that. Why? Because we're heirs of the whole world, just like Abraham. And it says it was given not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. In other words, his natural children. But through the righteousness that is of faith. That's a higher inheritance. That's a higher believing. That's one that you possess all the time. Your natural people can cut you off anytime they want to. Huh? Anybody ever been rejected, abandoned by family members? You don't have to raise your hands. You need to call them up and tell them, you know what? I used to feel sorry for myself because y'all didn't like me. But you know, you better be friends with me because I own the whole world. As of, as of the day I got born again, you're going to want to be my friend. I just found out who I am. This inheritance y'all can't kick me out of. Praise God. Amen. So he says here, his, his, his inheritance came to him through righteousness. There's no law against righteousness. It cannot be violated. It cannot be lost. Amen. It's something we inherit. Now you can go crazy and act stupid and get into sin and all that kind of stuff. But when you come to yourself, like the prodigal did, he came to himself. He went home, apologized, humbled himself, got right back in the inheritance again. Amen. Somebody say amen. Because see, let me tell you, y'all let religion get a hold of your mind. You're not applauding the fact that you sinned. When I tell you your sins are forgiven past, present, and future, that should be a place of rejoicing for everybody. If you sin, you have an advocate. You don't have a, somebody to condemn you. You got a lawyer to speak up for you. Huh? And it ain't a court appointed one either. Somebody barely finished law school and got you in the other stack of of (laughs) perpetrators on their desk. No, you have an advocate with the Father. Somebody to speak to the Father on your behalf. Amen. And he speaks out of righteousness. He's not giving you a free pass to go sin. Forgiveness is not a free pass, folks. When God forgives you, you have a sense that you did something wrong and you're ashamed of it. Maybe you could help yourself. Maybe you couldn't help yourself, but it's done. But in God's eyes, it's not enough to withhold his covenant blessings from you if you repent. And you're going to feel bad about it for a while because it's the goodness of God. His forgiveness brings us back to repentance again. I know it sounds a little strange, especially when you think about how humans treat one another. But we're talking about the righteous son of God. We're not talking about mere humans. His love is above. His mercy is above. His faith is above. His forgiveness is is beyond. Amen. So you're beyond blessed. He says, for if they which are of the law were heirs, then faith is made of none effect. See, faith opens it up to everybody. Natural inheritance only keeps it in the hands of a few. That's why the Pharisees thought they'd better than everybody. You know, they didn't have nothing. Amen. Bunch of crazy dry laws and no power. And when the power showed up, it drove them crazy. 
That's what happens with religious people. You know, if, if you're in a church where it's dead and dry and you come in all full of joy, they say, shh. The shush police is out. Huh? You all say, in the name of Jesus, brother, why don't you have some wine too? Amen. <laughs> oh, she took my wine. I knew she'd drunk. <laughs> drive, drive them good and crazy. He says, therefore, it's a faith. You know, the law works wrath. It, it just doesn't help us. We need something higher. Faith is higher than the law. He said that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. So if it comes to you by your own believing and God graces you to be able to receive what you're believing for, it's free to everybody. You don't have to report to anybody about what you believe and what you're believing God for. Huh? Yeah, you talk like one of them. I am one of them. Huh? Whatever you say I am, I'm that. Huh? Especially if it's getting me something closer to God. I'm that. Amen. Glad you glad you noticed. So Abraham is the father of us all. Now we inherited his faith. So this is how it works. As it is written, I made you the father of many nations. Before whom he believed even God who quickens the dead. That was Abraham and Sarah's uh, womb. Sarah's womb. And he says he calls those things which be not as though they are. When you say you're healed in spite of. You go show. People say how you doing? You say I'm healed. Well why are you? I said honey I'm healed. What do you mean why? Huh? I'm healed. End of discussion. But, 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 but nothing. I'm healed. Amen. And that's all you need to know. You ask me how I am, I told you. Why we, why we need more conversation about that? Huh? Now you don't answer them and tell them, well, you know, uh, uh, I'm waiting on, no, you're not waiting on anything. You heal now. Huh? So you are calling those things that are not as though they are. That's how the faith of God operates. Sure, you're not walking in the same faith and working in the same faith there where you on a different zone, you in a different kingdom, you on a different time, you are, you are different, period. Huh? Say, well, I live in heaven and up there everybody's healed. Well, what you mean? Just what I said, I live in heaven and up there everybody's healed. Don't let this earth suit bother you. Huh? Don't let this upset you. So as a believer, you continue to go show. In other words, don't sit back and wait till you think you're healed or the doctor says, don't sit back and wait anything. You go show. You go do. We used to call it winting. They were healed as they went. Huh? We call it winting. I don't call it winting anymore. I'm healed. You got me? Winting means something's lacking. There's nothing lacking. I'm healed. Amen? I'm calling those things that be not as though they are. So first of all, in faith, you call it what Jesus says it is. You call it that be not as though it is. You speak you're healed. You thank God for healing you. Thank him that you are healed now. Not you're waiting on it. That you're healed now. Who against hope believed in hope. That he might be the become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken. So shall your seed be. So Abraham had a hope. That was fighting a natural hope. 
That's what you and I have. If you still got symptoms, you're hoping against hope. He ain't the only one. This Just because he's 100 years old trying to have a baby, that don't mean you ain't in his category. You're hoping against hope too. Amen? I'm hoping against hope one day I'll walk in that doctor's office skinny. Well, not really there yet. Working on it, as I said. But we're all hoping against hope something. Most people think their time's going to run out before God. Oh, don't let the devil get you under the time constraint. Huh? We all in a hurry for something. You let the devil get a hold of that, he'll make you crazy. So you can hope against hope. There's natural times running out. I'm not feeling good. The devil's telling me I'm getting worse. I got to keep fighting him and tell him I'm getting better every day. You understand what I'm saying? So we're all in a hope against hope situation. The doctor tell you what you have is incurable. They don't have no cure for that. Oh, thank you, Mr. Doctor, because I wasn't looking for you to cure me no way. But that just let me know I'm on the right track in my word. And believe in God. Let these things confirm that you're on the right road, folks. Don't don't let the devil derail you. So he says he hoped against hope that he might become the father of many nations. According as it was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not... So you got to hope against hope. You got to consider not. You know what consider means. Just look at it and give it some time. That's consideration. You can't consider how your body feels, how it moves, what you can do, your limitations, your expectations. You have to consider not those things. It's not that they're not there, but you're trying to get rid of them. Those things will pull you back into natural faith. And then you'll start thinking you're waiting on a manifestation and waiting on this. And how did I get there? And keep consider not. The other thing it says that he staggered not at the promise of God. When you have an incurable illness or they say, you know, you got a deteriorating condition, says you're going to go from the chair to the walker to the wheelchair and in the coffin. They tell people that. You kidding me? The devil loves to tell people that. You can't stagger at the fact that God said you're healed. You find yourself staggering. You crawl up in your Bible. Huh? You crawl up in you some healing tapes. And I mean good ones. I don't mean people talking about, well, well, you know, take these. Or at the end of it, it's an herbal product sale. You know what I'm saying. Talking about good healing tapes. I ain't talking about these people. Your road to hell. Well, you know, you got to use wisdom. I said, I got 66 books of wisdom and ain't no pills in it. Amen. So he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Don't ever think what you are asking God is difficult for him. Don't ever think it's going to take forever. You can be healed at any time, folks. The Bible says all you have to do is believe in your heart and you are healed. If you will hold that in there and say, God, I'm healed in spite of. I'm healed in spite of what it looks like. And address the devil and make him leave you alone. Make him take the pain off of you. Make him take the symptoms off of you. Start fighting those things off. That's how you go show. You go show the devil that you're believing God in spite of what it looks like to him or anybody else. You go show the devil that you believe God's word. I don't care how silly I look trying to do this or do that. I believe God. I am healed. Amen. You go show him that you're standing on God's word. That you're healed already. You're not waiting on no manifestation. You're not waiting on anything. Amen. 
He's waiting on you to cave in. But don't you do it. Don't you let him talk you out of your healing. Amen. Stand fast on God's word. You go show him something. Amen. Show him you believe God in spite of how you feel. Show him you're going to get up and continue to rise up every day expecting to be totally symptom free every day. God, I go to bed expecting to be sleep symptom free. I wake up expecting to be symptom free. I will consider not how I feel from time to time. I'll consider not what the doctors say. I got so much to go and I'm just going to be with this way and that way. You're going to be healed way. You hear me? That's the way you're going to be. Because you are healed. You have a covenant with God. And his word cannot be broken. Jesus stood in his own blood. He shed his own blood. He carried his own blood. Up into the holy of holies in heaven for you. And he redeemed you from every lick of the curse. There's nothing left. Huh? I don't care how many burgers and brownies you eat. Tip the scale and tip it some more. You're redeemed from the curse. Amen. <laughs> I do more consider not, huh? Consider not what I eat. And then at the end of the day, I said, ooh, I don't believe I ate all that again. I was trying real hard. You understand me? God loves you. Amen. He's not going to throw you to the devil just because you got a bad habit. Huh? He'll help you get over it. He'll help you get your self-control back. Amen. He'll help you do all the things that you need. He's a merciful God. So consider not. Stagger not. Don't stagger. When God tells you, I'm going to replace, I'm going to give you new joints. I'm going to give you new knees. I'm going to give you new hips. I'm going to give you a new spine. I'm going to give you a new, give you a new brain. Amen. I'll give you new everything. Amen. You are healed the minute that you believe. Amen. All right. Why don't you put some music on. I'm going to pray for people. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Now I'm going to pray for those of you who want the the uh, anointing. If you want to pray, uh, if you need to be healed in your body, you got symptoms in your body, and you want God to remove those, then you can come up. I'm also going to lay hands on people. If you want to uh, pray for the sick yourself, you need an anointing to do that. Amen. Now we can we can impart the anointing to you, but you go find your own sick people to pray for. You hear me? There's plenty of them out there. And I mean, be bold and don't be timid. You know, ask them if you can pray for them. Amen. And let the Holy Spirit guide you. There's a bunch of people out here that need God. And here we are. God's We're God's ambassadors. So he's going to use us. Amen. To heal the sick coming and going. Amen. Praise God. Okay, Miss Nola, you can start lining people up. Praise God. Cooperate. 